0: We but have still, those economic excuses. I need to go test drive these oxen.
1: Uh-huh. Exactly. I have to get my these cows, cows
0: to pasture. I
1: have married a cow and bought me a wife <laughs> and I have commitments. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Cup for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay. I'm joined by Eric Stearns. We're meeting together over Zoom uh, to bring you this conversation about Sunday's sermon, which is all about the excuses we make and um, how we use the precious resource of time that we have in order to do things for God's kingdom and really um, about that invitation and the excuses we make to ignore that invitation um, and just uh, uh, the ways that God is maybe calling us to something bigger. So let's get into it.
1: Mm-hmm. So is there anything from this past week that you cut out of the sermon?
0: Uh, yeah. So because of the timing of worship, um, things did have to kind of shift. Um, our our prayer time went on for quite a little bit, and we also were doing communion every, every week right now um, because of the nature of the sermon series. Um, and so one of the phrases that I mentioned in the sermon is that the people of God have a long and storied history of making excuses for their unfaithfulness— yet God has remained faithful. God has invited the people of God um, to to covenantal faithfulness over and over and over again, Um, but the people always found different ways to get out of it or just they completely forgot and you know they 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 blamed it on a lot of different things. Um, when Elijah and the prophets of Baal was happening, um, you know the the people of God turned to the worship of, of of either Baal or Baal, however you want to pronounce that. It's um, more faithful to the Hebrew to pronounce it Baal. But the reason why the people of God worshipped Baal is because Baal was a was a, a god of harvest. And the people that worshiped Baal around them were bringing in a harvest. And they said, well, our God's not doing that for us and we need that to survive. And so maybe if we maybe ignore this part of what God's asked us to do and worship Baal, we'll also bring in a harvest. We'll also have that, so that agricultural success. And so that's just another excuse that they made. Um, you also, at the I think one of the most pivotal mistakes or one of the most pivotal Excuses that the people of God made is that God called them to be a different type of people. God called them to a higher purpose and to not be like those around them. But that didn't work for the Israelites. The Israelites wanted to blend in, they wanted to be like the people. And so they came to Samuel and they said, Let us be like the nations. We want a king. We don't want judges that have been appointed by God to rule over us. We want a king. And Samuel went to God and said, I don't know what to do with this because. I know what you've called us to be and why you've called us to be different. Like the things in, there are certain things in the laws of the old Testament that are purely just a way of setting the people apart. Um, you know, the food law stuff is more about, you know, safety and sanity and and not, you know, dying from eating something that's not good for you. But then the, the not, not to have garments made of two different types of cloth, like that is all just about, setting the people of God apart and making them be something different and making them be a beacon to the world around them of God's covenantal love that is going to eventually be for proclaimed as being for all people. But that wasn't enough for the people of God. They wanted to be like the nations. So they made the excuse of just wanting to blend in and not wanting to be special in order to ignore the call call of God on their lives And so you see that you see this all throughout the entire history of the people where they had kings and some of the kings were good and some of the kings were bad. And when the kings were good, the people followed, you know, the teachings of the law. And when the kings were bad, they didn't. Um, And that just is the trajectory of their history to the point of Jesus coming, like to the point of exile, to the point of the rebellion and to the point of Jesus coming was because God had grown weary of their excuses and wanted them to be the covenantal people that God had called them to be. And so God sent Jesus to reinterpret things, to make things clearer, to make a new way even through his death and resurrection. But like this is all just a response to the excuses that God's people made in order to not follow the covenant. And that's, I mean, that's what Jesus is talking about when he, when he starts this, in this meal story, when he starts to teach about, you know, the the guy blurts out, hey, blessed is anyone that sits at the table with God, like, assuming that they have that spot already locked up because of who they are. And so God tells them that, or so Jesus tells them this parable where he says, you know, there's a lot of people that got invited to this party. And the guests or the, the, and, the, and the host sent a servant out to go collect the guests that had RSVPDS. Yes. And they all came up with excuses. And so the, so the host said, "Well, forget those people. I'm going to bring in the people from the outer the outer the outer area of, of all the things." A line that got cut even in the writing process. This even didn't even make it into my final sermon uh, manuscript. Of just this story is a little bit about being presumptuous because the guy that makes that declaration at the start of the story just feels like he has a place at God's table, and he Mm -hmm. does, but he hasn't, but not for the same reasons. You know what I'm saying? Like he has a place at God's table. Because all of us have a place at God's table if if we accept that invitation. But he just believed because he was a Hebrew person, because he was a Pharisee, because he was a leader, that he had that spot at the table shown up. And Jesus came and taught in that story, not so fast. Not so fast. You are one that made an excuse. and Unless you you change, unless you repent and turn and, and change your ways... You're gonna be on the outside looking in, buddy.
1: Yeah, I found that interesting that that was, and, and maybe it's just because it's two different weeks, so I feel like it's two different stories. But I found that interesting that it was the same story just extended.
0: Yep, I did like, you know, like even in the in, in the way they been there in the in the Bible study this week, because um, this sermon series is connected to our Bible study as well. Like I've been having uh, having my groups walk through the entire chapter of Luke 14 of like okay one through six is this story about Jesus healing on the Sabbath. Like Jesus is at the table and Jesus is at the dinner party and people are watching him carefully. And, but it's just, you know, one through six is Jesus healing this person that has, it's called dropsy, but it's basically just swelling in your, in your arms and your legs, which has to be incredibly painful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Jesus heals him and that the Pharisees are already, they're already watching him because they're already trying to trap him and trick him into saying something blasphemous and, you know, to, to create something that would be a charge against him. So they're already looking for that. And then Jesus just blatantly just throws it in their face by healing on the Sabbath. Jesus knows what day it is, but yet Mm -hmm. Jesus doesn't care because, you know, man is not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath is made for the person, you know, Mm -hmm. and then he goes into the teaching of the guests and the teaching of the hosts, and then the telling of this parable. And so, yeah, the entire dinner party is not going well. So,
1: yeah, it's very interesting.
0: It's Luke 14, so it's kind of the halfway point of Jesus' ministry. Um, you know, and so that that frustration would have been building at this point already. Sure. So, sure. yep. And Jesus kind of goes out of his way to Light a match and walk away. So I was just
1: gonna say he likes to piss him off just a little bit extra, doesn't he? Yep.
0: <clears throat> Especially in Luke's gospel. Oh yeah.
1: Really? More there? Why? Why more there than another?
0: Sure. Yeah, it's because Luke's gospel has such an affinity for the poor and the outcast and the and the, and the downtrodden, like Luke. Okay. As you read through Luke, that is a major theme to trace through the entire gospel. Like we talked before about different about different emphases that the gospel writers have, like mm-hmm. Matthew's writing to Jewish converts or Jewish soon to be converts to really prove to them that Jesus is the Messiah promised of old. Mark wants to tell the story as fast as possible and get the word out as as quickly as he can. Luke wants us to see Jesus as the friend of sinners. Luke wants us to see Jesus as having a pref almost almost a preference for those that are on the outskirts, those that are the outcasts, those that are the poor. Like so, like there's it, it, it's it's no surprise then that in this in this one chapter, Jesus heals a crippled person. Jesus mentions inviting the inviting those that are on the outskirts twice Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's a major theme in in this chapter and then in the larger gospel of luke Mm -hmm. jesus sends the the servants out the first time to get the downcast and the downtrodden and the you know the crippled the 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 poor the crippled the blind and the lame and that's done and so the servants comes back and say what you've said is done and the, the host sends them back out to like the larger community out to the highways and the byways to like the the even broader area and that is that is one area that is seen as Jesus tipping his hand towards the idea of his salvation message being for literally all people
1: interesting how do people figure that out mhm like how how is that derived i guess right i'm a, um, I'm a math guy what's that everything is i'm a math guy everything has a proof right
0: sure yeah, I mean, um, I think it is by reading the the larger corpus of Jesus' work. The corpus, um, just a good word. Yeah, you know, body. <laughs> um, no, but I, uh, people figure that stuff out. Theologians and church historians figure that stuff out by watching the rest of what Jesus says, because there are a couple of different other places where Jesus says the same thing in a different way. Um, Like in John 10, where he talks about Jesus, where Jesus talks about being the good shepherd and those who know my voice are my flock. And then it says that there are other sheep that don't know my voice and I have to bring them too. And like, Mm. that is Jesus meaning us as non-Hebrew believers. Like that is a foreshadowing of, of Gentile salvation. Like they are the different flock. They are the others. And so mm-hmm. here in this gospel in this parable it's the highways and the byways it's from it's 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 calling out to those people that are not from here that do not mm-hmm. belong here like they have to travel to be a part of us they are not automatically us and so watching sure. the rest sense. of what Jesus said but then also watching what happens after the resurrection like watching what happens especially on the other side of pentecost where like the holy spirit's on everybody and mm-hmm. there's, you know, it's the, it's the the unifying of languages rather than the scattering of languages. Everyone's speaking in their native tongue, but everyone's understanding each other because of the work of the Spirit. And then, you know, then through the rest of the, 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 the ministry of the apostles, as more and more Gentile believers become baptized in the Holy Spirit, like, then, I mean, and it's kind of a case of like looking backwards to look forward, but, you know, mm-hmm. But when you look back on Jesus and say, oh, hey, I wonder. And so yeah, that's just the work of theology. So
1: it's very interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. So the sermon started with the story of being a part of higher ground um, and just the invitations mm-hmm. that came year after year until I finally got badgered into saying yes. Um, as you think about your own life, Eric, has there ever been something you've been invited to be a part of? that you initially said no to, and maybe had to say no to a few times, but then finally said yes to, and it was a good thing.
1: One thing that I said yes to that I really struggled with, am I worthy of doing this or do I actually have the the, the guts to do it, was the first time I was asked to preach. Mm. You know, I, I, I Steve asked me, you know, quite a ways prior to win, sure. I was supposed to preach, and I just remember being like, Am I, did I really just say yes to this? <laughs> do I really have anything useful to say? You know, that, that's the thing. Like, when you step out of your comfort zone somehow, you get the words to say, or you, you, you know what to do. Yep. I have no formal training in preaching, obviously. Right. And I think I deliver an okay sermon, I guess.
0: You do yeah. do a very nice job. Yes. <sighs> There's a reason why I continue to ask you to fill the bullet when I need, when I need a week on weekend off.
1: Well, thank you for trusting me. Of um, course, but it's not me. That's I just, I keep coming back to how I write my sermon is in, and, and I've been better about um, starting earlier in the week instead of Saturday night, but there are, there's so many times that, you know, nothing's coming, nothing's coming, nothing's coming. And then all of a sudden it's just, it's just there, Yep. you know, and, and, that thought didn't just happen, you yep, know, definitely. What I struggle a little bit with too, is just the balance of it all. Yeah. And balancing our, our day-to-day uh, responsibilities
0: mm-hmm.
1: or our, our career responsibilities, our family responsibilities and, and doing those things with, uh, the way that we're supposed to, the way that God mm-hmm. calls us to do those things and sure. also doing the outreach things in the, the actual, you know, one thing I was thinking about during your sermon was, um, you know, things that I say no to, or, or things that I put off, um, every day for work, I drive 40, 35 miles. It's about 40 minutes one way. Um, and so it's me in the car. Sure. And I typically fill that time with, um, history podcasts or sports podcasts or music, mm-hmm. you know, how much more of that time could I be spending, um, listening to other podcasts or just praying sure. and talking to God or,
0: right.
1: um, Yep. but then again, yeah. And I, and I struggle with that yeah. <laughs> almost, well, actually daily, um, sure. <laughs> but I mean, It's that balance that I think everyone struggles with. Is is our Mm -hmm. our earthly minds just want entertainment? Our earthly minds just want things that are exciting or think you know and right. Oh yeah, always want to have to think. You know what I mean?
0: Yep, definitely.
1: But it's way more productive for us to. Mm -hmm. And I'm one that's hyper. You know, into hyper production. It's right. way more productive for me to listen to other things, or talk to God, or you know, listen to Christian podcasts, or listen to the Bible, or mm-hmm. than it is to listen to all that other stuff. Because all that other stuff doesn't matter, honestly. The Vikings do not matter. But mainly <laughs> do I like to listen to read and do all that kind of stuff.
0: Right, right. You know, but I mean, you also listen to Faith and Goal, which is the best of. I mean, for you, the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, but I what get about it. Though. That struggle. Right. yeah yeah i mean it, it's the it's the balance between being where we have such a kingdom mind that we're of no earthly value like mm-hmm. there is that balance like we can we we even in the midst of our excuses and like wanting to to love the lord our god with all our heart soul mind and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves we can go too far where like we get so focused on that that it just becomes I mean, people become a means a means to an end. Like we need to be able to relate to people. We and, and we're allowed to have hobbies that are not the life of the church. We're allowed to have hobbies that are not the gospel. Like we are we are allowed to have that brain break. Like even God rests on the seventh day. Like mm-hmm. God found that balance and then instructed us to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy because we can work ourselves to the point of exhaustion and we can kingdom ourselves to the point of like work for the kingdom of God to the point of, you know, that it becomes all consuming in a way that's not helpful either. So Mm -hmm. it is, it is a balance. You're absolutely right. And like, I walk on a treadmill now almost every single day. And like, there are faith based podcasts I listen to, but there's also, you know, not faith-based podcasts I listen to. I like a lot of true crime stuff, and I don't think that either of those are bad things to listen to. You know, as long as, I mean, as long as I'm still finding some kind of way to engage in faith, I can be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have, doesn't have to be your entire drive, but, you know, maybe it is finding a devotional podcast that good, that makes, makes its way into your rotation. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and just...
1: You know, sometimes I am one that often, I'm I'm one, I am one that does a lot of the work in the church, right? When there's things to be done, I'm one that does that. And so sometimes you just get burned out. Yeah. Always being the one to do it. Yep. You know, and this sounds like complaining and I'm not complaining,
0: but. No, but, but yeah, I mean, there is a burnout. There is a fatigue. I mean, yeah. Volunteer burnout is a huge issue in the life of the church. Bar none
1: and and so yeah, yeah sometimes i think you just have to say no yep and yes we've committed to being christians and we should say yes to the work of that god is calling us to do
0: right right
1: but is there is there room for balance i guess
0: mm-hmm. and yes there absolutely is i mean i i mean i think that our vocation as christians is a big broad umbrella and under that umbrella there is room for the the ways that we have been made like God has given you a brain that likes to learn about history and that's not a bad thing. You know, that's, that's wonderful. That's, that's who you are and that's okay. You know, but I, I just, I, what I think, what, what the danger we get into, I think is, you know, that nagging feeling of, of having that nagging feeling of knowing that I need to be doing the X, Y, and Z for the kingdom. Like God puts that clear word on your heart Mm -hmm. and then we start to make those excuses or you know we're maybe having a crisis of our faith or maybe like in the very like that 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 period right before we come to faith where we believe but we're not quite ready to take that next step and we start to list off all the excuses that we can come up with i mean it's 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 moses on the mount of of mount of mount horeb like it's it's God saying you're going to go to Pharaoh and you're going to lay down the law, and Moses has all the excuses in the world. That's mm-hmm. where I think that I that's where I think this the challenge of this text really lies.
1: Well, what's uh, what's on the docket for the last week of this sermon series?
0: Yeah, so uh, next Sunday is Palm Sunday. We're we're wrapping up the season of Lent and we're starting to look towards Easter. Um, this sermon this sermon series will actually kind of. Weirdly, end and um, end and start on Easter Sunday. Um, there, there, it's going to be the launching point of a new sermon series. But uh, for the last sermon on this, on kind of this side of Easter, uh, we're going to be heading to the Gospel of John. Um, we're going to be dealing with the story of Jesus in the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, um, where Lazarus has been raised from the dead, um, and Mary and Martha um, are serving a meal, and Mary attends to jesus and uh, and anoints his feet with uh, pure nard um to prepare him for his burial um and in so doing jesus mary takes on this step of discipleship that jesus isn't even going to really give the command to his disciples to do until the next chapter um till to till um john 13 um where he washes the feet of his disciples um but yet jesus mary did this to prepare jesus body for burial and so what are we doing as people of faith during this week of called Holy Week to prepare our bodies um, for the death of Jesus, to prepare our hearts and our spirits, and to really fully engage and commit to walking through that story? So like, I'm not just trying to shill for our Holy Week services. What I'm trying to do is to, to make those—I mean, we, we do a really good job of att- attending those services anyway, but like, how do we really prepare our hearts— to go through the death and resurrection of Jesus in a way that changes and challenges us um, and and really calls us to deeper discipleship. And so we'll be using this story. It's uh, the sermon title is A Meal with Chosen Family. Um, because Mary and Martha and Lazarus play such a large role in Jesus' ministry um, and in Jesus' life, um, we see them. We see Jesus at their house a couple of different times in the Gospels, um, but this is really the, this very important story of Jesus' body being prepared for death and for burial. So we're going to start out big and celebratory with our with with palms and songs, but then as the service goes on, we're going to transition more not right not all the way to the death of Jesus, but really you know, teeing ourselves up for the rest of that week for the rest of the events of Holy week. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks for joining us in this week's cut for time podcast. Join us again next week for Palm Sunday in church uh, at 10 a.m. Otherwise online on Facebook live or for the podcast next week.
0: Thanks for listening to our cut for time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook live Sundays at 10 o'clock central time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.